So glad that you guys are here. Welcome, welcome. Glad that you guys are online with us. Welcome to you as well. First Peter, if you want to open there, First Peter, use a phone, use a Bible, whatever you use to get God's word open before you. Labor Day, September 6, 2020. Welcome. My name is George. If I haven't met you, I am so happy. Just the anniversary last week was so much fun to celebrate with you guys and then to be kicking into a new series. And I just feel excited and thankful. And I'll get into it a little more. But one of the things I'm happy about is like we're coming into a pretty tumultuous season in America, right, with all the kind of boiling cauldron of issues right now and then into election season. I mean, so I, I'm excited about what Peter is going to teach us because he lived through a radical season of Roman persecution, and he's going to have a lot to teach us through First and Second Peter as we go through in these coming weeks. So you're here on day one, which is really the kickoff, and then next week we'll get into the official go through the book uh, as a study. So today I just want to orient you really to the heart, I think, of this, like why study this now and what's God put on our heart? And you know, you can go to a lot of great Bible teaching churches in our area and other areas, but when you become a part of this church, a New Testament Bible-believing church, and you come here not just to consume spiritual goods and services, but you come here to be a part of things, we want to disciple you. We want to connect our lives together and follow Jesus together. And in order to do that, I want to help you navigate this coming season um, successfully, and, what, and I'll tell you what I mean by successfully, but I mean without falling into a political divide. I, I, would, I would pray that you would not come out on the other end of this uh, a, a bigger Republican than you may have been or, or, or a more committed Democrat or something like that. I, that. That would not be success. To me, if you come out on the other end of this as a Bible-believing uh, man or woman who knows what the Bible says about the issues that are all out there, like immigration, what does the Bible say about that? like about life and when it begins and how, what does the Bible say about that? Um, the poor and how to take care of them. What does the Bible say about that? And instead of just quoting your favorite political pundit or party leader or Fox News or CNN, I want you to turn your TVs off. I mean, if I could convince you to do something, I would say, turn off the news channels and turn on the word of God. Like, let's be believers and let's follow Jesus. Like, what if your social media wasn't full of re-quotes and stuff from the latest ism that you're excited about? And it was actually about a deep, thoughtful message from God's word or something about that, that as you're following Jesus, an issue that you've been thinking about. What if it was bits and pieces of you in process spiritually where somebody said like, I can't tell if they're a Republican or a Democrat because they're so Jesus focused. They seem to be asking God to get them through this season. How interesting. You know that if you deteriorated into a repeat of Fox News or CNN during this season, you would just be saying again what somebody else has already thought. And by the way, they're all selling the news. It's all for sale. Your viewership is just another way for them to make a dollar. The word of God is the pure, unadulterated, not for sale message of God to his people to navigate life on earth where we don't belong. The moment you became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you became a new creation, a citizen of heaven. You became God's child, son or daughter. And you now have a voice and a witness that is bigger than the political divides of our day. You have more to say about the poor than the Democrats. And you have more to say about life than a Republican. You are more 
than a political argument. You're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what if all your social media said that? What if what came out of your mouth said that? What if your conversations with your friends and family and relatives and associates and neighbors and beachgoers and golf friends said that? What if people couldn't deny that you have been with Jesus because you navigated this coming season so differently than the rest of the world? Man, if I could convince you to turn off your TV and to turn on the word of God, I would do everything I could to do that. I would pastor you into a group of people that was doing that. I would invite you into a following of Jesus that you may not have even signed up for yet, but you're like, I'm all in, I'm ready to go, let's go. That's what I would do. That's what I would do because I believe God is in that. And I think he wants to do something in this season. So Peter's gonna take us to there. He's gonna guide us through that. I wanna be discipled by the apostle Peter. And so first and second Peter's gonna do that. So I'll challenge you at the end here to read first and second Peter this week. But as we get started, he's not barely into it. As you look at first Peter 1, 1, where he says, this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of, and then he names real provinces in that day. It would be like us naming counties of orange or states that you lived in or whatever. But he says, foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago and his spirit has made you holy. He comes right out of the blocks. And the the interesting two English words in another translation are um, that you are elect, chosen of God, exiles. I like it because it's two E E words, elect exiles. What does that mean? Chosen by God, rejected by the world. That's who God has made you. That's something that you can count on. Accepted by God, accepted in the thoughts of God, accepted in the spirit of God, accepted with the people of Jesus, rejected by the world and its arguments and its fights. You know why? The world doesn't know what to do with you if you don't choose its side. They shake you and push you and pull you and they say, become one of our ism, sign up, get on board, start saying what we're saying, hold this sign, say that thing, come on. I don't know where you stand on this. You, you make me suspicious with your Jesus talk. I want you in and the Republicans or in on the Democrats. Where do you stand? Do I love you or hate you? I wanna put you in a category that's comfortable for me. But this whole light of God, word of God, Jesus following type stuff, man, I'm a bit thrown off by that and I don't know whether or not I can trust you in the midst of that. The, the truth is you're gonna be pushed and pulled to join all kinds of sides in the middle of all the issues that are going on in our country right now. And when you refuse to join a side, guess who's gonna attack you? Both sides. You gotta be ready for that. You've gotta actually believe that because if you don't, you won't be prepared at all. You'll walk out of here today and you will go, tomorrow morning, different day, same routine. Nothing changes for me. No new thoughts, no new practices, no new commitments for me. I'm just gonna take this season with whatever I got. I mean, if I was a pilot of an, of an airplane and I said, hey, you guys, the flight that we're about to go on in election season 2020 is just super smooth. We'll be serving passion orange guava. Just sit back. It's gonna be great. Fine, don't change a thing. But if I'm an honest pilot, I would say, you know what? Strap on your parachute. We are guaranteed to lose an engine then what kind of flight do you take? How do you prepare? If your pilot says that, and you have any confidence that he knows where things are going, you're gonna strap on a parachute 
and you're gonna go, man, I wish I didn't have to take this flight, but this is where I'm going. And you're gonna prepare yourself. You're gonna walk out of here today, either saying it doesn't matter to me, or you're gonna say, I got some work to do on my reputation, on my words, on my heart, on my attitude. I've gotta adjust my outlook as the season is coming on. We need some new family practices. We need some new prayer life going on here in the morning and at night. We need some new focuses in our family. We need to start talking about different stuff. I need to turn the TV off. If I could convince you of anything today, it would be turn the TV off and turn on the word of God. Did I say that already? Man. We need such better thoughts that can only come from the word of God because God is not selling you something. He's not selling your viewership to the highest bidder. He wants your life to count as light and witness. Trials are gonna come because that's who we are. Now, many of you know that I love Switchfoot because I've quoted them so many times, probably not, I, I overquoted them for a long time, but I just can't help it today. And I realize all Christians like Switchfoot. I know that that's a true thing, so grant me that. But John Foreman is such a great writer and lyricist, and he wrote a song. Do some of you know the song, The Beautiful Letdown? It was a beautiful letdown. Some of you know that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that song is just masterful to me. Like When I look at it as like a work of art, I just go like, ah, oh, how he wove it all together kind of thing. But part of what he says in that song is, in a world full of bitter pain and bitter doubts, I was trying so hard to fit in, to fit in, until I found out what? I don't belong here. I don't belong here. And he just goes into that phrase. I will carry a cross on a song where I don't belong. I don't belong. And he just, I don't belong. I don't belong. So who am I? I pick up the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and a song that supports it. And I walk into a world where I don't belong. And I know how to live in this world. I used to just be trying to fit in and fit in and fit in. Like me, hit my like, hit my like, hit my like. I only feel good if you like me. And now I'm done with that. I, I don't even expect the world to like me. I want, I want the audience of one in heaven to be pleased with how I live my life unto him. Total mind shift, total switch in how you and I are gonna navigate this coming season. And I'm just so excited for Peter to take us there. Okay, so let's jump in. First Peter 1, 6. I'm gonna take you to a number of different verses through Peter to just gather up some thoughts. But look at First Peter 1, 6. So be truly glad because there's wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. So the thing I want you to grab out of there is what I've underlined, which is you have to go through difficulties. You and I have to, it's, it's, it's not optional, it's where the plane is flying. It's just the way that God has designed thing. And, and Peter knew all about that. The Jewish leaders rejected Jesus. And he, so if you don't know about Peter, he was the leader of the disciples. All four gospels have a list of the disciples, the 12 that followed Jesus. And in all four gospels, the first name is Simon Peter. He's the number one. So he's the closest. He's in the three that are closest to Jesus. He's the most outspoken. It says, and Peter, on behalf of those disciples, said, he says things that are wacky. He gets rebuked. He even got called Satan one time. There's no question, though, he's the leader. And so he's the closest to Jesus, one of the first to follow Jesus. So Peter is an excellent, in an excellent position to disciple you and me about what it means to follow Jesus, okay? So you can take what Peter says and go, 
this is a man of experience. He's telling me what he saw with his own eyes. Like he, this is a good guide for me to following Jesus for sure. So Peter is an excellent guide. Peter saw the Romans crucify Jesus. He saw the Jewish leaders reject Jesus. He himself denied Jesus. He knew what it was to have such pressure that he was just like, I don't even know the man. I mean, he, you know, if there was social media in that day, he clicked like, you know, unfollow Jesus kind of thing. It was like gnarly, like, whoa, what happened there? And so he knew what it was to fold to pressure. So he, he knows what you're going through. He knows. In fact, after Jesus rose from the dead, Peter said we were out talking about Jesus and they told us to stop and they beat us. Have you ever been beaten for talking about Jesus? You might've got some flack for it, but likely in America, you haven't been beaten. But in other countries, it happens. China, Russia, um, Egypt, you know, there, there's places on earth, Sudan, where you, you could even be killed for your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ today. So Peter is a great guide for us. But there's something that Peter knew and, and pretty much everybody knows, and I'm just concerned to make sure that you know it, okay? So I just thought we'd nail this one down in the beginning. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know a Jewish proverb, a Chinese proverb, and then an American proverb, okay? And they all say the same thing in different ways. You ready? Let's just start. Do we know that this world includes pain, okay? The, the Jewish proverb says, ask not for a lighter burden, but for broader shoulders. This was common. They said, why would they say don't ask for a lighter burden? Because no one has ever been given the lighter burden. Except for the followers of Jesus. He said, I'll take the heavy end. You take the burden that's light. All you who are weary and heavy laden, come and follow me and I'll give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So by believing in Jesus Christ, he gives you the light burden. But it says, ask not for a lighter burden, but for broader shoulders. In, in the Jewish life, had the Jews been persecuted? Oh my goodness. And so the proverb from them was, man, expect to have pressure, expect to have pain, expect to have difficulty. What did the Chinese say about them? Well, here's an old Chinese proverb. It says, the gem cannot be polished without friction, nor man without trials. What I like about that one is what they discovered was if you respond well under trials and hardships and difficulties, you can come out more beautiful on the other end. The ruby, the amethyst, the emerald, these can be polished and faceted. And if the faceter does his job right, the lights come in at angles where they dance and the brightness is more beautiful on the other end after the friction has done its work. And the Chinese are highlighting that. It makes me think like, what about you? Are you fearful to go through a hard season up ahead? I think God's got something for you. I think he's gonna make you more beautiful if you will allow the friction to work in your life and actually challenge you to step up in some new and important ways. Well, I said I'd share a Jewish one and a Chinese one, and this is, of course, an American one spoken by the Dread Pirate Roberts. He's disguised at this point. Wesley, Princess Buttercup, he believes, has betrayed him. And, and she says, you mock my pain. And he says, life is pain, highness. And anyone who says differently is selling something. Do you believe that? Is there wisdom at least to that? Is there a degree of truth that you would say does kind of feel like I'm being sold all the time? My viewership has a price tag on it. My following, my consumer 
habits, Target tracked consumer habits so well that they sent to a young girl's house pregnancy products before she even knew to tell her parents that she was pregnant. And the dad got them and was like, why are we getting pregnancy stuff? And they were like, because she had bought certain things from Target and they track it so closely. They knew she was pregnant before she even told her parents. Do you know you're being sold? You know, you're being tracked. Oh, then, then I should be super afraid. I should come up with all kinds of conspiracy. I should start listening for voices of conspiracy and I should start getting confused and anxious and uptight and worried. No, you should turn off your television and you should turn on the word of God. It is the only pure, unadulterated, clear voice that will guide your life through a season where you will stand in integrity, honor, love and beauty and purity because you've stood on and followed the word of God. Don't be afraid at all, the angel would say. I'm coming from heaven. This is the word of God. This is the eternal word of God matching your eternal life to lead you in an eternal stance on earth right now. You don't actually belong to this earth. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he bought you with his own blood. You now belong to God. You're a child of God. You're only placed here for a time and a season. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're more God's child than you are American. You happen to be a great American, which praise God for that. And in fact, God's people are great whatever's they are, wherever they live, because he sends us back into the world to do good. And so life is pain, highness, and anyone who says differently is selling something. There's certainly a fair amount in there that resonates with us. I went to Talbot School of Theology. Woo! Um, 98 unit master's degree called an MDiv, Master of Divinity. The reason it's such a huge master's degree is that it includes all kinds of language studies, Greek and Hebrew and all kinds of like how to be a pastor classes and all this kind of stuff. And it was long. It took me 14 years to get through my MDiv. And I learned a lot and I loved it. I loved to learn. It was a great experience. I, I had so much just input and fun and it was awesome, but I'll never forget this particular class, but I forget the professor's name so that I'll tell you a little bit about my mind and how this happened. It, the class met at 1.30 in the afternoon and he was old. So I, it was hard to pay, and it was an Old Testament class. Old Testament, 1.30 in the afternoon, old professor, amen? Just caffeine, like, come on, I gotta get through this kind of thing. And yet it is one of the clearest lessons I learned in all my 14 years in, in my Masters of Divinity. He stopped in the middle of teaching. He, he used to walk the aisles in the middle of the teaching. I think it was Dr. Finley actually, but I'm not sure. But anyway, he was, he was walking the aisles in the middle of it. He stopped somewhere near my desk in the middle of the room. And he just said, can I just, can you just put your, put your notes down? Like stop writing kind of thing, like just stop. He's like, you guys are learning so much. And I just, I wanna say something to you. He said, when you leave seminary and when you go on into life, you're going you're gonna to have so much that you want to apply. And he said, I just want to boil something down for you, and I want you to just, just consider it. I think this is important that you hear this. And he said, and he had us repeat it, but he said, let me tell you about life with Jesus and what it means. Suffer now, glory later. And then he had us repeat it. Say it with me. 
suffer now, glory later. And he said, if you can get that right, if you can get that right, so much of your Christian life is gonna fall in place. You're not gonna get caught up in all kinds of craziness or trying to get more out of this life or less out of this life than it's worth. You're not gonna go off trying to get all this health, wealth, and prosperity and say, I want my life to be comfortable and easy now. Suffering now, glory later, put on your parachute. It, it just landed in such a way that I just, I remember him saying it, I remember us repeating it, and I don't remember a lot from those 14 years. But that kind of wisdom not only sticks with us, but it instructs us in really important kinds of ways as to what we expect as we navigate this life and as we go through this time together. That's the kind of wisdom that Peter is gonna share with you and I as we go through First and Second Peter. So why now? Well, because it's gonna be a very divisive season and you and I are likely, more than likely, to get shot at from both sides if we don't pick uh, one of the sides that they want us to pick, right? They're trying to get followers. So if you don't sign up for their side, you're gonna get hammered. Look at chapter two, First Peter chapter two, verse one. Look how clear Peter is. Peter had been through suffering. Look what he says. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. First of all, he says, get rid of and be done with. Two words jump out of there to me. Number one is be done with um, deceit because I think the... I think the greater pandemic that we're going through is deception right now, and it's all over the place. So, so be done with deceit. Don't contribute to deception. Don't forward something you haven't researched. Don't, don't pretend. Don't be a hypocrite right now. Don't act like you know all the answers if you don't. Don't divide and hammer somebody. Don't, don't lose friends over a mask. Amen? Okay, like, come on, get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with deceit and hypocrisy and jealousy and all unkind speech. So what are we supposed to do? Verse two, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that you'll grow into a full experience of salvation. What is he saying? Well, he's telling us to take a good hard look at our life, that things are going to come out of us in this next season because the pressure is going to increase. And in a pressurized system, things come out and you're gonna get rid of the things that you don't want. Unkind speech was the other word that jumped out at me. I wanna challenge you. I don't know if you can or if I can, but I'm hoping and I'm praying that somehow through this next season, all the way through to November, whatever the, the election is, is that I would not say an unkind word even to somebody who disagrees with me or even with somebody who might insult me or attack me, that I would not be an attack back, that I would not be a, a snap back at people and an unkind person with my words, that even if I do need to speak truth into a situation that I would be wise enough to sandwich it with, I know that you disagree and I hope you know I love you as well. This is what I believe and this is why and I love you. you know, so I, hopefully I become wise enough to, to know how to sandwich truth and keep a friend in a relationship even as I share truth and wisdom in the midst of that. That's where Peter's gonna take you and I. He's, he's already in chapter two, verse one, he's already saying, be done with unkind speech. Don't post it, don't repost it, 
don't let, just because somebody else might say it, don't put it in your mouth and throw it out there at a whole half of the nation. Don't get caught in the political divides of our day. I'm aware that I am pastoring us as a people and not all pastors are leading like I'm hoping to lead you under Peter's direction under the Holy Spirit right now. There are pastors that are out there that are very, 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 at least the ones that I know, well, two that I've heard about, one that's extremely Republican in our area, Trump, 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 Republican, 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 don't even know the difference kind of deal. And I can only assume that that's what the Lord Jesus is leading him to because he loves the Lord Jesus. And then I just heard about one in the Washington DC area who's so democratic that you, you, he's just Democrat, 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 and he's just heralding it as a pastor from the pulpit in his church back there. So why am I then choosing to lead you and saying, don't become either of those, become a Jesus person in the midst of that? I feel compelled that you and I have a season of witness and that Peter is gonna lead us into holiness and Jesus following as the highest identity that you and I can live by and share in a divisive season. I think we actually harm our witness when we become one or the other. Now, let me just say this too, having said that. Every single one of you and, and I, all of us are gonna have to participate in the system and you're gonna have to sign up likely under one of those two or whatever, or something third or whatever. But, and I would say, register, sign up, sign up under whichever one you really feel compelled to sign up under. And don't just accept political pundits, talking heads on your television, party leaders, I truly believe that you have, you, you have more to say about loving the poor than any Democrat will ever be able to get to in their heart. And you have more to say about the right to life than any Republican could ever hope to get to. Why? Because you are not selling your vote. You're not for sale. You're not a follower. You're not building someone's numbers. You are a Jesus follower. You are a voice for the Lord God Almighty. You can go out and say, how did God instruct Israel to handle the alien in their land? And you can do a Bible study and you can come out more confident, more assured, and more of a voice of leadership on borders, on walls, on immigration, on process, and never speak a word of a Republican leader or a Democratic leader. Why? Because you refused to be reduced to the political divides of your day and instead you went higher to be known as a Jesus follower. And you got into your Bible. You turned your TV off and you turned on the word of God. I realize that's a challenge. I realize that's not as easy because it's become pretty easy to just hit like or follow or repost or tweet or whatever it is. And now I'm actually calling you to go do some firsthand homework. Know what you think and know what you believe. You might just walk out of here today and just say nothing changes for me, or you might say everything changes for me. 
Why? Because you and I both know the plane that we're getting on is heading into very, very uh, rough weather just ahead. The question is, are you prepared or not? Will you prepare or not? And what will you prepare or not? I believe under the leadership of the Lord Jesus and by the power of his spirit and under his word that he gave to and through the apostle Peter, that he wants to disciple you to go higher. He wants your voice for more than a political argument in this coming season. Will you give him that voice? Will you give him that voice? That's why now. First Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. The followers of Jesus, we follow Jesus who was crucified in this world. He said, the world hated me, it will hate you. So just even though you're gonna be a Jesus follower through this season, don't expect that everyone's gonna go like, oh, that's so great, I love what you guys posted and that Bible verse was so encouraging. Your, your fellow followers will do, you guys can do that for each other, but just know that out there, it, it's not that friendly. So as you step out into this, don't think this is gonna be so easy because I feel so happy about it and, and, and pastor helped me really get clear on this issue and I really wanna go in that direction just know that it is gonna be difficult. Uh, let me just share some facts with you. 500 million Christians today are not free to practice their faith. In Africa, Egypt, China, Russia, and the Middle East, both Islam and Hindus persecute Christians as foreigners and strangers to them. In Europe, Canada, and here in North America, the moral revolution of sexual permissiveness and throwing off of all the Bible's sexual morals has increasingly come under fire as the world moves faster and faster to unhindered sexual expression and that Christians are the ones holding them back. You know that. So you, you, it might be fun to say, I'm gonna go with Jesus through this season, but you better be ready. When you stand for moral purity, when you say one man and one woman in marriage, you're not just gonna get it from one side. You're gonna get it from all sides, but who are you gonna stand with? Stand with the Lord Jesus and go higher. Go higher, stand on the pure unadulterated word of God. The only true guide for our human flourishing is the God who made us. That's where you and I need to stand. Binary gender is quickly being abandoned. Confusion's taking deep roots. Christians are being targeted as the greatest hindrance to social and cultural progress. But you and I know this, this world is not our home, even as hell rises up in our day and age. Don't lose it. Don't lose your witness, don't lose your mind, don't lose your faith. Don't go out on social media and say that you've finally discovered Genesis as a poem. It's not, it's not. And if you're not sure about that, go look at two websites, the Institute for Creation Research and Answers in Genesis and ask them the question in the question bar, is Genesis a poem? Go study it firsthand. Don't sit back and say nothing changes for me. Go get answers so that you're equipped so that you're ready to navigate this season. What's God doing in the midst of all of this? If we all gotta go through various trials, then what's God doing through this? Well, here's what Peter says, 1 Peter 1, 7. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. We're about to go through trials and your faith is gonna be proved as genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. 
So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Two things that I underlined in there. Number one, your faith is proved as genuine when you go through this rough patch. You will come out on the other side showing that you really do believe in the Lord Jesus. Number two, the suffering that you go through now actually is being uh, stored by God as glory later. He sees it and he knows it and he's watching and he's listening and he's ready for you in that. And so it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. How many of you have been in sports of one shape or another in your life, some type of sport? When is the hardest time to perform in your sport? When what? When the pressure is the highest. (laughs) When the pressure's on, right? You're on the balance beam and if you don't make this, you don't make the cut right? It, it, it's, it, it's deuce or, or add in or whatever, and you, and you flubbed your first serve. This is it. Like, come on. You know, it's time, it's time to close the pressure. You know, it's, it's, my, it's my last wave. And if I don't complete this wave, I'm, I need a six. You know, all he needs is a six. And he's a three, two, get to your feet. You know, it's time, pressure, time. It's when the pressure is on that it's hardest to perform. And I'm telling you right now, the cultural pressure is on. And it's time for the people of Jesus to perform. It's time for us to say, I'm ready to be God's man. I'm ready to be God's woman. Peter, will you disciple me so that I can stand for Jesus in this time? So let me just leave you with two things as we wrap up our thoughts and go to communion. Number one, that would be this. The trials that we're going through are only for a little while, especially compared to eternity, 80 or 90 years. We're in a season it's not always going to be like you've got a season, right? So you train for the season, then you run the season, right? So we've got a season ahead of us, and you and I need to run this season. So do the training now. Let's go into this season equipped. Let's go in with the Word of God. Let's go in with the Spirit of God. Let's go in with the heart of Jesus. Let's go in with commitments, not for unkind speech or political divides or arguments. Let's go in saying, I will navigate this as a, a godly man or a godly woman for this season that's coming up. Love is not easy and it never has been. Love is not a romance and, and, and love is not, it, it is those things, but it's not just those things. Love is hard. Love is, it's, it has patience, which assumes that the other person is difficult. Love is kind. It doesn't boast. It's not rude. It doesn't seek its own. Love is rugged. And you and I need to have rugged love right now because we're about to be insulted. At the risk of quoting John Foreman three times. Will we be the salt in the wound of the world? Number two, the trials that we are going through are bringing the heat, the pressure, and that will purify your faith and mine. That'll purify us. Let me just have you just look back real quick on one of the hardest seasons of your life. Jeff, Jess, uh, Jess shared one of her hardest seasons in her life. Did anybody feel like that was not one of, if not the most hard season in her life. When I look back on hard seasons in our life, uh, nine years of youth ministry, I just think, oh my gosh, Cheryl was waiting tables both lunch and dinner to try to help us pay for a part-time youth salary. Um, I was delivering surfboards on the side and waiting tables at lunch with her and trying to, to surf competitively. And we had three kids that we were trying to raise and our youth group was growing and growing and growing. So we were doing mission trips, Bible studies, worship nights, um, at, at the youth ministry was growing and demanding and that's where our hearts were, but we couldn't afford to do it. So we just kept working more to try to make it work. 
because our heart just was so in love with what God was doing and who God was, and we wanted to honor him. Do you think I look back on that season as one of the worst seasons of my life? Absolutely not. So just know this, on the other side of election 2020, on the other side of this season, if you navigate it well with your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're gonna look back on it. You're gonna look back on it one day and you're gonna say, I made some of the hardest decisions of my life during that season when everybody else was hurling insults and injury and arguing and dividing. I made a stand for Jesus in the midst of that and God worked. These trials will purify our faith. They'll turn out for our good because our faith is more precious than gold. Learn more about the church at www.theshoreline.org or stay connected with us through Facebook at facebook.com slash theshorelinechurch.